1: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the roto Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Alan Soslowski, sitting in for Jeff Erickson midweek. I'm sitting here with John Alicia, a.k.a. Statsational, from the Sharp app. We're going to talk to him in a few minutes. I just want to let everybody know that this podcast, as always, is sponsored by Winbet.
2: John, what's up, my friend? It's been a long time since we last spoke. I know it's been a while, but uh, it's good seeing you, man. It's like we, I, I told you we're getting the old game back together.
1: Yeah, I know John, uh, who, again, is a, a professional sports gambler, a ranked DFS player uh, for a long time. Uh, we used to do some work together, uh, some podcasting. And I, when I was taking over to host the show today, there was no doubt in my mind that I was going to give you a buzz and give you a call because, uh, you know, we do a lot of fantasy football talk on you know during the season here, but we don't do enough sports betting talk, in my opinion. So just before we start, just give everyone your brief background, um, how long you've been in, you know, and what exactly you're up to.
2: Yeah. So quick, uh, I've got a wall street background. Um, I was a uh, trading, uh, foreign currencies for years. Um, been on wall street for like 25 years started. I've, I've always been into sports betting, sort of the campus bookie back in the, you know, back in the college days. Um, and even before that, of course, playing parlay tickets with my dad in Brooklyn and, um, yeah, just, uh, I, was always trying to solve the puzzle. I think it's more of a puzzle solving thing, which is what, you know, fantasy is as well. It's, it's, a, it's a problem solving puzzle game. And I, I started building models and and had a successful one in the NFL. And it got popular, grew from there. And next thing you know, I'm working with, uh, I'm working with the Sharp app. And uh, and um, yeah, so, you know, I, I kind of laid under, laid low for years. Uh, didn't throw my name out there, but now, you know, with the stigma gone from sports betting and and, and all that, I'm, I'm out there. My face is out there now and uh, people know who I am. So, uh, yeah, but we, uh, I, I left wall street maybe almost three years ago this, this year. This is my full-time, uh, full-time gig. I played daily fantasy sports and, uh, and sports betting. So,
1: you know, people hear, you know, sports gambling and, and they just think like, I, I you know, I'm not so sure what they think. It, it's a, a very interesting picture to be doing it like for a profession. What does it take mentally to become a, f- a professional sports gambler? I mean, aside from, I mean, the are there so many highs and lows? I mean, what is that like to make that full switch knowing that every game, every bet you make really does have a, a life impact uh, or is that not what it is?
2: I say it's the, it's the hardest way to make an easy living. That's, that's the, that's the way I always put it. Right. So it's, um, everyone views it as easy because they look at their own sports handicapping as, you know, I always bring it up to the old days when we used to open up the the paper on Sunday morning and look at the spreads. And that was like the first time we looked at them and we made our picks and people sort of do that now, right? They just go on there. They're like, Hmm, you know, I kind of like this game or they don't bet the Sunday night game until 10 minutes before the Sunday night game happens. So yeah, when you're handicapping in that, in that way, it's easy. But I think uh, to touch on your point, It's the psychology of it, and I think that's my strongest suit. Uh, And I'm not going to say it was easy. Um, I've actually gone to therapists uh, for this because, and and I'm not afraid to say it, because it is very, very difficult to keep your um, to keep your emotions in check. Getting too high or too low when you're doing any type of risk taking, uh, when it comes to financial risk taking is really where you're going to get yourself in trouble because those are the emotions that trigger you to start chasing the market. Um, and I think part of my background in, um, in trading has, has helped in that aspect. I've seen people, um, trading go into the same and and have the same pitfalls as people do when they're gambling. And, uh, you know, I've had my history. We, I think anyone who's, who's been, uh, who's gambled before, has gotten themselves in trouble. Luckily, mine was when I was really young, and it really wasn't for that much money. But it's, you know, it's all relative to where you're at in life at that time. But hopefully, when you get yourself in that situation, you learn from it and move on. And and what I'm hoping to do now in my uh, in my later years here is just kind of give help people avoid a lot of the pitfalls that maybe I have and, and, and others early on in their career. But I think the, having proper bankroll management, having, uh, using proper unit sizing really, really helps with the, with the, uh, psychology. So if I go on a, if I have an awful weekend in sports betting, it doesn't change my life. And that's because of the amount I'm risking relative to my bankroll. And, and really I view it as money that is not mine. And when you, when you get yourself in that mindset, it's not easy to do, you will not Uh, lose sleep over bad days and you're not going to get yourself crazy emotionally high on the good ones have you become desensitized to the fluctuations i have yeah i have so um and it's it like i said it's probably my strongest suit i have i have uh, people that i work with who don't understand how i could do it um it's but you need to I, i read years and years ago i was reading or or listening to um a psychologist and she was comparing um, they had done a study basically the greatest traders in the world are um are sociopaths in in the sense that they don't have the ability to like the the actual money doesn't affect them so they have no uh, emotion towards the fluctuation in the money now i i don't believe i'm a sociopath but but the but i i take a lot of those things like i'll take things you know when you when you watch a biography on someone who's been extremely successful or read a book it's not necessarily you don't nece- always want to necessarily do what they did because there's millions of people who fail doing the same thing they you know dropping out of high school for say you're like well man dropping out of high school must be the way to go i can be bill gates right or, or not dropping out of high school not going to college right not going to college right, right. right. or or you know whatever it is but think of all the millions of, of people maybe who, who followed similar paths and didn't do it but i try to get myself in the mindset of a successful person. A lot of successful people have uh had failure in their life. Major major failure. As a matter of fact, more than 50% of those self-made millionaires had reached some sort of a rock bottom before they got themselves and they elevated themselves up. So I don't want to put myself in a rock bottom situation, but I I try to understand what's the mentality of someone who is in that, who was in that situation and and then try to put yourself in there without having to have the tragedy in your life. So that's how, that's sort of how I, I I look at it. And the same thing with the, the being a sociopath. I don't want to be a sociopath, but I say, well, how can I eliminate, what's the easiest way for me to eliminate that emotion? And to do that, you have to really take your bankroll seriously. And it needs to be put on the side. It can't be money that you're touching on a daily basis. You're not paying your rent, your mortgage. Uh, you're not putting food on the table with that money. That's money where if it disappeared tomorrow, you wouldn't even know it was gone. And then you'll sleep better. You know, when, when it's, I'm behind on my mortgage payments because I, I lost with uh, the bucks on, on Sunday night. Well, you know, that's that's a problem. And that's when that's when you have to uh, view it as a problem. But that's why I really stress the um, the importance of having bankroll management and proper unit sizing.
1: But let's uh, do a little glossary 101 for some of the novice betters, And I think this is even a good refresher for the sports betters that may be a little bit more experienced when you talk about bankroll just give a basic definition and then how do you decide what your bankroll is like is there a, is there a way to do it
2: there is um probably you know, the definition we, yeah with the bankroll i i have i have uh, a whole course actually called the sharp academy um and there's this there's is of course uh a, where can a i video. find where
1: can you find the course
2: it's uh we, we have an app called the sharp app you can just download it For free in the app store and and you can go in there there's a whole um academy it's like a master class on on sports betting and there's a set there there's a video of course on uh bankroll management now the bankroll the bankroll itself your bankroll itself that's going to be you know that's very much subjective to you but like i said that needs to be money that you're putting away um before the season or before the year however you whatever the uh, time frame you want to designate to that i would suggest at least Let's say if you're, an, you're going to be an NFL, college football type of better, this is what I'm, I'm willing to lose for the year. Maybe it's $1,000. And you say, okay, for a thou- if I lost $1,000, it's not going to change my life. Or maybe it's five, whatever it is to you. And then you should be risking somewhere around one to 2% of that bankroll on a bet. So that's your unit size is usually about one to 2%. Now, if your bankroll is $100, maybe you want to up that to 5%. But the reason we do that is because assuming, let's say, NFL, college football, we're playing a lot of spread bets, we are, those are about 50-50 type of propositions. In order for you at one to two percent of your bankroll per play, in order for you to lose your entire bankroll, you're going to have to lose 50 to 100 bets in a row. And that's, pretty much impossible to do right so if you put a thousand dollars aside and you stick to a strict one to two percent you may not be a winner by the end of the year but you're still going to have some cash left in that bank and and that's what we really want that's going to help you psychologically plus especially if you're new to sports betting um i do now there is something to paper trading or as we call it on uh, when we were traders um as you know making bets that aren't real bets just to see how you're doing maybe trying out a system but at some point when you but, actually have some risk on the line, I what I want to ask change you how you bet.
1: Right, exactly. I was going to say is that I, I've been given funny money before, play money to make bets, and I'm making these outrageous bets, and I'm winning. And then the minute I'm betting, you know, small unit sizes, twenty dollars, fifty dollars. Uh, you know, I'm like, whoa, I just lost four of the last five bets. It, it does change. Your entire- what do you think that's all about? That like betting with with real stake in the game versus, you know, just like this play money thing. Explain that phenomenon.
2: So we, we we've evolved. This is an evol- this is a, a biological like evolutionary biology really is what it is, because think about the history of human beings. It's only been in recent times where we've been able to um, have some sort of an excess, the average uh person at least in the western in the the western world uh but for the most part you were fighting like your day was getting up and trying to figure out where I was going to get some food like I was a hunter gatherer you know whatever it was and once you gathered that once you had some food and some resources losing it was extremely painful right so we hear that all the time like the losses a lot of people you may know and you may be one of those people like losing a hundred dollars Hurt you way more than winning that hundred dollars does. You hear it with NFL coaches, coaches in all sports. They're like, "Well, why did you retire?" And they're like, "I just couldn't take the losses. Like the losses kept me up at night more than I was I was happy about the wins." So we have we have this uh, this we're we're very much risk of uh, we're, we're not willing to to lose, right? So it's also I, I've I've talked to you about this before. The, uh, the 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 uh, the book called Scorecasting, which is a phenomenal book, I, I would I would suggest reading it. They go into detail in different sports on when athletes view themselves in a losing situation, they perform better because they've mm-hmm. already lost. So the the golfer who puts a ten foot putt for par makes it far more often than they do a ten foot putt for birdie because when they're in that ten foot putt for par situation, they are going to be more aggressive because they feel like they've lost ten foot for par for a pro is a losing situation. 10-foot for birdie, they've got themselves right where they wanted to be and they don't want to lose that par.
1: Yeah, it's like in fantasy football, the worst thing you want to be is is 11 or 12 and 0 heading into the fantasy playoffs or 13 and 0. You just and even the the 2017 Patriots, right? They were I mean, they were going for an undefeated season, but had they had one loss, maybe the you know the pressures would have been different. It's it's a very interesting phenomenon. I really like that. I um I don't know if you were done there, but I have another uh in, I have another definition I want to ask you first and it's you often hear in football betting, because we are in prime football season right now, reverse line movement. And I want to talk about that a little bit first. But I just want to, before that, I just want to give a quick word from WinBet, one of our sponsors right here. Uh, is there one thing we appreciate here at RotoWire? It's making good decisions, and even more so, making the right decision. Listen up, folks. I have an incredible offer for you from RotoWire's newest partner, WinBet the premier digital casino and sports book app. Winbet is now the exclusive sponsor of Rotowire's fantasy podcasts. Winbet. Brings you all of the latest action with user-friendly interface, money line bets, boosted uh, parlays, over-unders, round robins, log betting, and so much more at your fingertips. Want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin at roulette, double down in blackjack, slam the slots, and try your hand at Baccarat. WinBet is currently available in six states while rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering RotoWire wire listeners a risk-free bet up to $500 on your first wager, download WinBet now. That's W Y N N B E T WinBet, the exclusive partner of Rotowire Fantasy Podcast. Whew, that was a mouthful, John. All right. <laughs> so actually, they said a couple things in this ad that I want to ask you about. I know I asked you about reverse line movement. And we'll get to that. Uh, hey, let's start with that because I see that a lot, and they always say that's a sharp play. And, you know, I consider myself a, a somewhat of an experienced better. I mean, I'm not a pro, but when I hear reverse line movement, just – Tell me as if I knew
2: nothing. What does that mean, and what can I take away from it? Very, very simply, the money is coming in on one side of the game, yet the line is moving the opposite way. It tends to be a signal that there was probably sharper money coming in on the side where not all the money is coming in. Who
1: who knows that the money sharp? Is it the book? Say, oh, okay, this is an experience. Better, I know to move the line the other way. Like, how
2: does how do they how does the book know which money sharp and which isn't? Yeah, that was that 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 was always the thing, and that was a lot of what a lot of sharp guys would try. The, the, there was the cat and mouse game that was played mm. between the sharp guys and the sports books. Um, is the book now, and it's it's a lot easier for the sports books to know their clients now because everything is digital, right? So you're online, so you know which accounts are sharp because they they can see this this account mm. wins quite often. They play. You know, I could almost look. Uh, I could watch someone bet for a couple of weeks and get a feel for if they're sharp by the type of games that they play. Um, You know, the, the, the side of the games in the NFL, let's say, I I can usually tell if someone uh, has a, has a good understanding of what they're doing. Give me an,
1: give me an indication. What's one key indicator that you could tell uh, if someone's a quote sharper square
2: better? There's usually, uh, there's usually some games every week that um, either most square, square betters are going to jump on. It looks so good. Would, the game looks so good.
1: Like Tampa Bay,
2: Tampa New Bay, Yeah, which which um was actually one of the, I I had a really good weekend. My model had um Tampa Bay though as a game and I absolutely hated it because the entire world was on that game. We actually had one of one of one of my guys came out late with a huge play on New England and I was like I knew it. You know, I knew it when he when he said that I'm like I'm definitely on the wrong side. Mm. So I know, listen, sharp guys are, are on occasion um, on the same side as the squares. It's not that they go against each other all the time. You have uh, – last night, the Boston Red Sox-Yankees uh, game was almost all square money on the Yankees. There was a lot of sharp money coming self, in on self, – Self-included, uh, you see, by the you way. Didn't, you, didn't call, you didn't call me before no, that one. So no. we well, Boston. you know what it
1: was? It was like, hey, I was like – it I don't follow baseball that, that closely. And I was like, as soon as I pushed the button, I was like, oh, I knew it. I knew
2: yeah. it. You get a feel. So you see – um, our, our friend, uh, our friend, Kevin Allen is always, I, I do a podcast with him and, uh, I always know which side he's going to be on. So that's like the, that's like the telltale sign Washington last week. I'll give you an example. Another game, Washington Redskins one.
1: But oh, that oh, was very, you mean the that Washington was, football? Oh, sorry,
2: team. the Red Washington football team. You're, I will
1: you're so aware. not woke. You're Listen, so I, not woke.
2: I am not. Not
1: uh, not. No, no. I I my, I think it should be Washington. I I still do that. I still say San Diego Chargers, and occasionally I still say the Oakland Raiders. So it you get yes. like another, you get one more year of flubbing it before it. you know we, before I, I, we cancel. they a new
2: name. When they have a new name, that'll probably help me out. But yeah, just lack of a name is uh, yeah. Is killing so you Spiels. were talking about my dad still calls them the Baltimore Colts. So oh well,
1: there you go. He's stuck in decades. Yeah yeah. All right. So you were talking about the Washington Football Team and Atlanta game from last
2: week, right? So that was a game where I didn't have either side of it, but it very much looked like a a, a sucker game. Washington now, and it won, right? And now it took a heroic end of game. you know they 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 came back, won that game on a on a great play late um, with uh, McLaurin. But there are some games, like I said, the sharp the the square money we call it square money, sucker money, public money. Uh, they don't obviously do not lose all the time and the, and the, and the sharp money doesn't always win all the time. But I like when there's a, uh, when, when we have sharp money going up against square money, that b- tends to be a stronger play. Now, when we talk about the reverse line movement, you get a game. Now we didn't necessarily have reverse line movement on that Tampa game, but think about, I'm, I'm sure you heard about all the money that was being bet on Tampa. Like nobody was betting. 90%, yeah. 90%. Yeah. That's and that I game was... stayed at six and a half. Which is right. a key number, right? Stayed underneath seven. I think if flash seven, you could have gotten seven if you were really paying attention in some in some places. But the fact that that game wasn't seven and a half was really troubling, and it was bothering me all week that that I was I knew I was on the wrong side of that game. But it you know sometimes you you have to take it. And um, but yes, that, that would be an indication. Now if that game dropped down to let's say six or five and a half, that would have been a what we call a reverse line move because so much money is being bet on one side, yet the line is going in the opposite direction, meaning the book is not scared to take even more bets on right. the side that they've already taken a lot of action on. Right. What you're saying is normally a traditionally a book
1: wants, you know, in an ideal world, 50 percent of the money on each side. They collect the VIG. There's no risk to them. And what you're saying is that they normally lay money off to get to that close to that 50 percent. But they were not scared about taking the one side. That's a clear indicator. I'm here with StatSational from the Sharp app, professional gambler gambler ranked DFS player uh I'm Alan Sislowski sitting in for Jeff Erickson uh it's time for another live read hey John you know what we never do on this show is we never have the guest read one of the live reads it's always the host but let's try something a little different while Jeff's away I don't know if he'll get mad at me for having you know putting you to work but uh I sent you the lead let's there's a there's a good one here uh Yahoo is one of our sponsors why don't you give that one let's see let's see who does uh the read better I, I'm guessing it's
2: going to be you but go ahead I'm barely literate, so we'll we'll give it a shot, man. The the new NFL season is underway, and Yahoo is excited to kick off Daily Fantasy Football. There will be a ton of big prizes contests throughout the season on Yahoo, including their multi-entry contest now being shark-free. To celebrate the beginning of football season and Yahoo Daily Fantasy becoming shark-free, Yahoo is giving all users the opportunity to claim free $10 in contest entry credit. Users can take advantage of this free $10 entry credit offer to join one of Yahoo's biggest contests. In addition to the free credit, Yahoo has a $1 million DFS football contest live. The $1 million contest features $1 million in total prizes, including first place receiving $100,000 and an entry to the first ever Yahoo Fantasy Football Championship live finals event, which will occur at MGM National Harbor in maryland this december play daily fantasy football on yahoo this season visit sportsyahoocom daily slash daily fantasy slash welcome to claim the free 10 dollars offer to get started so i i have a question for you so by the way bravo that was a good read I, that was not and that one's not easy that one,
1: i read that beforehand it's a little choppy that one but you did it well that's why i gave that one to you because I, I, I knew it, was, it yeah. yeah um so you could be honest here. Do you ever play Yahoo DFS? You're you, you're you a FanDuel ranked uh, D, uh DraftKings ranked player. Do you ever be do you ever go over there and play at
2: Yahoo? Yeah. Um I play the other ones more, but now that I'm seeing see and here's the thing for the for the for most of the uh guys who play at the at the higher levels is the game has to be the games have to be worth it and I'm a uh I'm not a cash player. So I'm a, a GPP player. But Seeing this, you know, seeing that they're now offering hundred thousand dollar up top, um, I actually probably have to start adding them into the uh, into the mix because right. And I it try said it sh- fifty thousand and up tournaments.
1: Right. It said it's shark free too, so you might be the first shark in the pool. If you could eat up some of the guppies, maybe there is an edge there. Um, so yeah, no, that, that's why it was interesting. And uh, we we'll, we'll just got one more um, one more sponsor to cover right here, then we can finish out with our content, and that is Thrive Fantasy. Thrive is back. For another season of fantasy football And they're running huge guaranteed contests Each week in the NFL with Thrive Fantasy You can eliminate the countless hours of research And focus only on top tier athletes That have the biggest impact on the game Sign up and get a free six months of Rotowire, wire premium subscription Here's how you do it Visit Rotowire.com/slash/thrive. Deposit ten bucks and receive a hundred percent bonus up to a hundred dollars. Play your first paid contest and receive a free six months of Roto-Wire. Uh Thrive Fantasy is one of the prop sites. Have you noticed, by the way, an increase in the popularity of, of prop betting over the last two three years?
2: I think prop betting is probably the future um, of, of sports betting, and the reason being is it's it's odd. Guys, my age, I'm in my uh, late forties now. We started with sports betting, and then fantasy sort of became a thing. I think pretty much everyone, let's say 35 and under these days, really started with fantasy and now are just starting to become aware of sports betting. So prop betting really lends itself well to those of you who have a, uh, a daily fantasy or, or a season-long fantasy background because now we're looking at the players' And we're not really looking at uh, teams so much, uh, even though there are team props. But the player props are really what people have a lot of fun with, and I think I think they're also beatable.
1: Yeah, no, I, prop betting is interesting to me, and there's a lot of um, great sites like Thrive uh, popping up. And uh, what do you, what do you think the edges in prop betting? I mean, you know, we talk about you know betting NFL games; those are probably the most gambled markets in the world uh, as, as a good friend, Chris Liss always tells us is that, you know, there's almost no edge. It's all the value is squeezed out by Sunday. And you just mentioned that earlier. So what is the edge in prop betting?
2: So you you mentioned liquidity. You want a, you want as it, as an illiquid market as possible, because those tend to be the markets where you could pick off some, some, uh, some bad pricing. Um, I, I've made for years, I made a killing playing really uh, low level college basketball conference type of game, you know, the Tuesday night game in the Horizon Conference that nobody's betting, uh, things like that, because you're going the, the sports books can only, um, uh, you know, they just a background on how they work. You know, they put a line out, they generally don't let you bet depending on the sport. You, you have a limit as to what you could bet, and then they sort of ease into larger limits once they feel comfortable, they've gotten themselves to some sort of an equilibrium in uh in the market so uh it's a little different than it used to be in when the wild wild west days of vegas but with props there are so many of them out there and there's just not that much bet you know and they do limit you for the for the pro better you know i can't put ten thousand dollars let's say on one of these player props but for the average better if you're betting 25 50 100 dollars, even you know 500 sometimes on some of these props uh you can get that you can get that money down and if you're really sharp at um, at projections and pricing uh, you can find some you can find some opportunities with props what can I just say like where people make the one thing that people uh, don't focus on is the juice right so you really 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 super important is the juice just because the number you know you see a guy over 35 and a half receiving yards on Sunday and people don't pay attention to that juice now what happens what juice is is that number Next to the, uh, the 35 and a half yards, it might be minus 120 on the over, minus 130. That's what you're paying. If you're new to sports betting, that's how much you have to pay. If it's a minus number to win $100, if it says minus 130, you need to risk $130 to win $100, you will get $230 back for a profit of right. $100. I mean,
1: what you're saying is the side basically that's most likely to win, if there's, a, if there's an obvious take on it is probably going to have um less than favorable odds it's going to you're going to have to pay uh, a vig so to speak juice as you called it just in order to take that side usually when something is even the juice will be around minus 110
2: correct right and that's what you see with most of your uh nfl games or nba games it's usually around a minus 110 juice on a spread because and a lot of that is because they can move the spread quite easily right they don't want to move the yardage uh from 35 and a half to 37 and a half they do but usually they'll kind of keep it locked in at that 35 and a half number or whatever the number is. And then they'll move the juice on that number. It sort of becomes like playing the money line on a baseball game or, or a hockey uh, game. So really understand what you're doing. That's, and by the way, that's a lesson uh, I could have, I could have given you in the beginning of sports betting, but understand the bets before you make them. I see so many people make a bet. They don't know, Hey, they ask me, John, do I win this bet? If, uh, if there's a tie or do I win this bet like you know they don't they 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 don't know all the rules understand the rules um if you're not understanding exactly your payouts and when you get paid and all that stuff then you you're you're not helping yourself any uh, of course when you do any office pools or survivor pools understand what you're doing mm-hmm. uh, but yes the juice and again i hate to Plug the Sharp Academy, but I've got videos no. in there. Hey know you, you're
1: juice. you're not here for your health, John. You are here <laughs> to plug the Sharp Academy. That's why you know we're grateful that you you come on and talk to us. So, and I also think this is a service to to uh, sports betters everywhere. I I've seen the course. I've I've perused the course. Uh, I think it's it's a course worthwhile of of our of Rotowire Nation here uh, checking out. So, tell people how do they go get it?
2: Yeah. So again, if you just download the Sharp app, it's free in the App Store, the Play Store. And we've got a whole bunch of content and there. there's, uh, there's a whole tab, real easy to figure out. Um, you go in there, you go into content. There's something called the Sharp Academy. You click on that. I've got a bunch of videos, more coming. But when we talk about this prop, I've got, if you are more advanced, if you're really good in Excel, I've got ways where you can calculate ju- that juice and figure out based on your projections. Let's say you're a good fantasy player or you trust someone's projections out there, Rotowire's projections on whatever the games are uh this weekend you can use the Rotowire projections along with the spreadsheets that i have in the um uh, in the app and you can then figure out what the juice should be it's very hard like most people look at it and it's sort of like you you know you put your finger up in the wind and you go hmm minus 130 that seems like a lot that you don't know uh, you're like well you know roto has got this at uh, 40 and a half and the market is 35 and a half minus 150 is that a good bet or is it not a good bet you don't know So if you go on uh, in the Sharp Academy, I tell you, I teach you just how to figure that out. So it's not just, it's not just being good at at the projections, which is a key factor, but then you have to understand how to convert those projections into something that looks exactly the same as what the sports books are offering.
1: So I titled this podcast, the three biggest mistakes that sports bettors make. And, you know, we, we've kind of hit on a few of them already, but Something that I like doing as a sports better, I would call myself more than a casual, but certainly definitely not a sharp, um, an educated casual. I think that uh, that's a term I'm going to invent right now, but teaser bets are fun teaser bets. I get to play with points. I get to add, you know, in a two team basically a teaser bet. Uh, is when you pick multiple teams and both sides of those teams or those bets have to win, but I get ex- additional points in a two team teaser in a football bet. Traditionally, you get six points. I think it's what's around uh, how many in a three team tease? 10?
2: Uh, yeah, you could get nine or 10 points, nine yeah. or 10,
1: and then 12 or you know, 12 in a four in a three plus or a four plus, right? But so is that a sucker's bet, or is there situations where actually a teaser
2: increases your EV? Yeah, this. Th- it's it's funny you bring up teasers, right? So there they're are fun. Lot, they're fun. They are fun to bet. There are a lot of. Um, I was just talking about this the other day. I can't remember who I was uh, speaking to about this, but there's a um, a real oh one one really sharp guy uh, that we have over uh, in the app, and uh, we were discussing. But the, before the
1: before before we get into teasers, you know, because yep. they, we're we're gonna tease everybody, <laughs> right? So here is a word from our sponsor. We're back and we teased you before we're talking, John. I'm here with John Alicia, AKA statsational. Definitely go follow him on Twitter. He's a great follow for sports betting advice, uh, tips and tricks. He doesn't give out plays. He's not a tout. He'll give out a free bet of the day here and there. Uh, but more or less, he teaches you how to become a better sports better. Okay, John, you were talking about teases. You were about to tell us a story. Yes. Uh, we'll so, so, so I was
2: just, yeah, I was just, we were just talking about it because um, I had uh, on uh, YouTube, uh my own personal YouTube, which really there's not, there's not much on there, but I had done a video on teasers. There are, there's something called a Wong teaser. And now this video starts to blow up, uh, which is funny. And I always laugh the last two years. It's just like people just Wong it's, Wong. it's called W-O-N-G. a Wong W. There's a, there's a professional sports better called Stanford Wong. It's his, um, alias. Uh, and he developed these teaser bets. He found there was in a, a, um, uh, the word is the word is alluding to me, but basically you could find you could blindly bet these teasers and win in the NFL years ago, the way that they would price the teasers. Um, now it's a little bit more difficult because of that thing we call juice. So they've sort of changed the juice on these games, but we could still use some of the principles that were used on these Wong teasers. Now, the teasers in the NFL, the only games I want you to tease, if you if, if you must, and I do this right on games I like. If the line is seven and a half, eight or eight and a half minus you tease that down six points down to the one and a half, to two and a half.
1: So if you're like, okay, so a couple weeks ago, the, the Rams or, or so if you're an eight point favorite, if you're a That's seven and a half point favorite,
2: you're giving those points. You want them to tease it back down to below a field goal. That's correct. And the reason for that is I've got all the math on, on the, uh, on that on that video I did in in the description, but the um, it's somewhere in the high thirties percent uh, of the time games end uh, somewhere between three four three four and seven are obviously your big numbers three and seven especially are your big NFL uh, football numbers where games end the majority of the time and I believe games end somewhere between three and seven somewhere close to forty percent of the time so moving off of you know or moving across the seven and the three um wound up being blindly wound up being an advantage you needed to win again i'm not i don't have the numbers the tip of my head but it had to be somewhere in the low 70 percent of the time and that's about what they what they uh do win for you to be profitable so you could almost blindly bet uh depending on the juice and again uh, i'm not going to get into too much of the technicals but if you do want to play teasers that's where i would focus now people now where most people get it wrong is they tease any old game um uh, so when you're teasing a team that's a three-point favorite to a three-point underdog, right. brutal. Teasing terrible. through the zero the other way is bad, yeah. is bad news. Terrible, right? You're not gaining the advantage. So, um, again, I don't want to get uh, too crazy technical, but every half a point in football is worth something different. So the the, the half a point from 7.5 to 7 is not worth the same as the half a point from 3.5 to 3, and it's certainly not worth what the half a point is from 2 to 1.5, right? right? Each one of those has a value. And you're paying if you're paying that uh, you know you're, you're if you're moving the game from three to three from minus three to plus three, you are losing a ton of value on that play. So so focus those. The other thing is teasing the totals. Teasing totals extremely difficult to win because think about it, the, you're still only getting six points, right? So if the majority. So if games, if you if you understand the bell curve. If you have a point spread, you know, people say, oh, well, Vegas isn't always right. Or, you know, now I guess it's not just Vegas, but the sports books aren't always right. Of course they're not always right, but there's a bell curve. Like the games, if it's a seven point spread, most of the games are going to come within a certain number of points uh, of seven, right? If it's a 47 point total, that same is going to hold true, but the, 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 the mean is going to be wider because Right, it's it's a it's a bigger number. Think about it. On I always try to make things uh, extreme numbers. Right. So if we had something that's going to happen uh, a thousand points, I don't know, maybe cricket matches go to a thousand or something like that. Right. You you would see that within ten percent of a thousand points is nine hundred. That's a hundred points off a thousand. Right. If I was ten percent off of fifty point spread, that's five points already. If I'm ten percent off a seven point uh, spread in in NFL, that's less than a point. You, you, can you see my point there? Where It's very easy to score to for a fifty-point total to land on seventy points, uh, much more frequently than a seven-point total game is going to uh, seven-point spread game is going to land on thirty. So that's a long way of saying avoid playing the totals, especially basketball totals in teasers, um, and really stick to what I was saying. Now you can move games. Also, that works the other way: one and a half, two, and two and a half. Move those across the three and across the seven. And and uh, catch the three and the seven going the other way. So if uh, if if you're going to play teasers, that's what I would stick to.
1: Have you ever uh, heard of a lightning bet before? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: that's yeah. I would yeah. avoid. Yeah, yeah. Well,
1: lightning that. bet for those. I, I'm just going to explain it quickly to the audience. Uh, it's it's probably the most exciting bet, and as by John's reaction, I'm going to guess that it's it's the the most frivolous and wild bet you can make, and it's not disciplined at all, but. Uh, let's say you have the under/over. Let's use basketball since that's probably the craziest one. And what, a typical basketball under/over might be what John? Like 212 is a good number.
2: Yeah, these days it's uh, yeah 210 to 2. Okay, so let's say the
1: yeah the, the under/over in a basketball game is 210, and you take a lightning bet on the over. And let's say that lightning bet is a five dollar lightning bet. Let's ten dollar lightning bet. Ten small bet. Every point that you go over the over, you win ten dollars. And every point that comes under the uh, the total, you lose ten dollars. So let's say you you know let's up the stakes. Let's say you do a hundred dollar lightning bet, and the total goes ten points over the two ten, you win thousand dollars. But if it's a low scoring defensive battle, you're in trouble. Now the best, the optimal uh, scenario. Is if you have say a hundred dollar or a fifty dollar lightning bet, and this game goes into double overtime, it's like a pinball machine. But John, that could go very wrong, can it? it? It can go very wrong. You know, those were more. I I don't believe.
2: Uh, Did I say it correctly, by the way? Is that you, basically one hundred percent said it correctly? And uh, I don't believe they do. I don't believe they they do them uh, any of the legal sportsbook now these days because. You don't know the uh I don't I don't even think they're they're probably not even legal because you don't know what the outcome may possibly be. I think you have to have a set when you make the bet, you have to know exactly what your risk is right. and uh what you could potentially win. That has to be laid out. But that was a that was a big bet. Um and if you still have your local neighborhood bookie, that was a that was a bet people love to make with the neighborhood guy, uh, because you were playing on credit. So the neighborhood guy, if you got in the hole for a thousand dollars, you know, whatever, you just had to kind of pay it up. Um, you know, with the legal sports books, you actually need that cash in the, in the account. So it could go terribly wrong. There's a famous story from Artie Lang, which you probably, um, had heard where he, Artie Lang for, formerly of the Howard Stern show. Yes. And he was, you know, a, a degenerate type of uh, gambler and he bet the, he bet an over on a, on a, an NBA I believe it was an NBA finals, a lightning, a lightning bet. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. A lightning bet. He took the over. I believe it was the uh, the the Bulls and Suns series, and it wound up being the lowest scoring game in the history of the oh. finals at the time. And he took an absolute bath. I think he was, you know, uh, whatever he whatever he bet. I think he bet like it was him and Norm McDonald, the late Norm McDonald, who I love. Uh, they both took the same bet. They were on the uh, they were on. Uh, the, it might have been the set of dirty work at the time made that bet, and I think Norm lost like. or something like
1: that. Yeah. So RotoWire obviously does not endorse illegal sports betting, but we want you to go to illegal sports book and, you know, and entertainment only. Um, it's, by the way, you know, I've talked about this on other videos, uh, with Chrysalis, um, what is the exact percentage that you need to win your bets, you know, t- in order to be a break even better? Is it was it 52 percent? Is it 53? Like, what is that break even even number? Yeah.
2: So, a- again, it de- it depends on the uh, on the juice. And when we were talking about NFL, college football, things like that, the spread sports are generally minus 110 juice. So if you're averaging minus 110 on the juice, you need to be at 52.4 percent. Correct in order to break even. What was
1: your NFL percentage last year? Did you have a good year in NFL, or what was your best sport? I should ask you. That's a better way to frame it. What was your your best uh, full season sport? Was it college basketball? I remember reading on Twitter that you went on a little run yourself for a season.
2: Yeah, college basketball has historically uh, been my best. Last year was a tricky. I'm I'm chalking up last year considering I, I actually uh, had a down year in college basketball for the first time, and maybe. Um, Oh God, maybe uh, 12 years since I really started doing this uh, seriously. And I'm going to chalk it up to the fact that the scheduling was so erratic. Erratic. Yeah, Yeah, it was, uh, you know, back-to-back games and it was, it was odd. So I'm going to, hopefully that that's the case and we'll get back to it. And I'm starting to see that in college football as well. It was very, it was just a very odd year last year. So this year things seem to be falling back in line with where they were. Um, Yeah. Historically I played now with the system. Um, I'm somewhere around 56% on the NFL. And if you tell the average person that they're like, oh, well, you know, no, people,
1: people are now a little bit more hip to 56 is profitable. They, I think like that a couple of years ago, they expected the pros to be right. Like nine out of 10 times. But I think with more sports betting content, like the sharp app, like what Rotowire does, like, uh, you know, every week the Rotowire show has Rufus Peabody on, and he talks about how difficult it is. So I, I give credit to the, um, you know, to, to the, to people putting out that content, uh, that they know that 56 is, is profitable. Uh, I want to, while we're getting into the the final sort of leg of, of the podcast today, I ask every sports gambling enthusiast, every sports better, what do you think the future is the near future? Like what is, what does sports gambling look like? Is it in the next five years? Is it peer to peer? What do you think with all the technology coming out?
2: Yeah, it's funny you say peer to peer. That's actually my hope. My hope is that we move to that to that. And explain um,
1: that. Explain what peer to peer. It just in very layman's terms to the sure. audience. Sure.
2: Um, that's essentially where you're betting. I'm betting you digitally. Now, I may not. I may not know you're on the other side of that bet. But the sportsbook now just becomes a broker. It it really becomes like a trading market where you're trading stocks, and you could go to you know uh, your TD Ameritrade or Scottrade or what, you know. What, well, Scottrade is not around, but whoever you know Schwab. And just place your trade, and Schwab just takes a commission, and that's what happens here in peer to peer. There's uh, there, there's companies over in Europe. It's very popular in Europe, where they have the same thing like a like the stock market, a bid and an ask price, and then you can either make a market yourself or just take whatever's offered to you. Now, again, without getting too technical, the problem is I've talked to I've talked to one of the major sports books when they opened up at the Meadowlands. Um, I was invited to the opening. And I had asked them, uh, you know, why won't, why don't, why don't they get into the peer to peer? This was, I don't know, five, six years, whenever they opened um, at the Meadowlands. And they said they were, they didn't think the U.S. market would understand it uh, well enough. But Hmm. I I think that's just, I think it's really short selling people. I think, I think if you, if you offer it, it's going to take a little bit of time. There's a learning curve, but I think that's the way to go.
1: So I have a question for you about yeah. that. I have a question. So let's say that, you know, the, the line on the Dallas, what is the line on the Dallas giants game this weekend, for example? I mean, if you, just off the top of your head, I'm not going to hold
2: you to it. No, I've got it. Uh, okay. it's, uh, seven pretty much across the board, right?
1: Okay. Now. So Dallas is giving seven. Let's say that I think the giants are going to win that game. And I say, uh, and I think they're really going to cry. I have like the total opposite view of the market. Can I put up my own line and someone take it? Can I say, Hey, uh, uh, giants, Plus three is the line I'm. I want to give to somebody, and then I give sort of better odds on it. Is that what peer to peer really is? That I could post my own line and my own odds, and someone could take that bet, or is that not what it is?
2: Sort of. What it is is actually you're going to change the juice. So you think the giant, you like the Giants. Now, Love normally, the Giants against Dallas. A sports different. book. You go to your. You go. To, you know. You go on your phone. You go to the book, and you can take the Giants plus seven at minus one ten. But now in this peer to peer, the market may be. Uh, you may be able to take the Giants if you just take what's being offered. Someone out there likes Dallas, they're on the other side, and they're offering you the Giants at minus 105, let's say, plus. 10. Okay, so, so it's not that big
1: sense. swings, it's a smaller right. swing, but it, it's right, going like, to be
2: smaller unless the market moves a lot, and then you might be getting plus 110 on the Giants because the seven won't move as much. Now, with the NFL, uh, because it's, it's a so top example, right? Yeah, with the NFL, it's so popular, they do have alternate lines. Now, of course, you can go to your sports book and they offer alternate lines as well. Right. Um, but those are juice lines. What happens in the, the peer-to-peer, the reason I like it so much is because, especially on a market like the NFL, it's so liquid that you're, the, the uh, spread – when I talk about spread, I'm not talking about the minus seven number. I'm talking about the difference between what I'd have to pay on the minus 110 on the Giant side and minus 110 on the Cowboys' side. That's a 20-cent spread, I call it. If you're doing peer-to-peer, we might be a one- or two-cent spread. That is a huge, huge difference. Huge Uh, Over the course of the year, because like I said, you need to be 52.4% at minus 110. If I could get that down to minus 101 or minus 102, I pretty much have to just pick over 50% and I'm going to win money. So I really like that model um, the best.
1: I'm Alan Soslowski sitting in here for Jeff Erickson. For those of you who stayed with us, uh, I am uh, just sitting in for him. Jeff will be back next week. So uh, for your loyal Jeff fans, don't worry. He hasn't gone forever. I'm here with Statsational John Alicia from the Sharp app. John, uh, tell us, uh, give us all your plugs, like where they could find you on Twitter, uh, what you're promoting today. Uh, just give me the whole the whole gamut.
2: Yeah, so I mean, my my personal Twitter's is at Statsational, but I, I tell you, you you're going to see me a lot more on the the Twitter handle at the Sharp App, right? And we've been giving out free plays. I do the free play of the day on there, so like I said, it's absolutely free. And I know, just go back and, and look at the free. It's actually they're, they've been crazy, unbelievably and, good. So and I, I'm interrupting
1: I, you for a second because you know when I was doing this video, uh, some sports gambling videos with with Chris Liss at Roto-Wire, he was talking about like. Free plays, good. Take those, you know, gamble at your own risk. But anyone selling picks, like that's what you see all these like uh, paid touts, just, just be aware because if they knew something that you didn't know, they would just keep those for themselves. There is still a lot of risk in buying picks. There that's is. Like a little bit of a disclaimer.
2: You head, if you head over there, like I said, I, you get those free picks, and there's a lot behind those picks right Right. there's a lot of thought behind those picks there's a lot of and just go back i don't uh, i don't have the record off the top of my head but i mean the last six in a row have been wearing and i've been playing for the most part money line underdogs in mlb now unfortunately mlb season is over for the regular season we're not going to have as many of those juicy picks but um go check it out even if you're not even if you're not uh it's it's Don't worth do, looking uh, at. I'm a, on there all the time, app. just
1: flipping through and seeing if anything, you know, once I have my picks, I just kind of flip through and see where you guys are and kind of like a confirmation. So, uh,
2: download the sharp app. It's in the app store. It's the sharp app or is it just sharp app? It's a sharp app in the, in the app store. And, right. uh, it's the colors are like black and green. You'll know it's the only, it's the only sharp app that's uh, sports betting related. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you'll find it. And it's just, we're really pushing the educational, uh, aspect of that's sports what I like. betting and the, you know, we our goal is really to, to turn people from square to sharp, um, and make <laughs> them, uh, you know, just avoid a lot of the pitfalls. Like I said, that when I was 21, 22, 23, that I fell into, um, hopefully you don't. So if you, you know, watch those sharp Academy videos, watch a lot of most, just about everything in that app. Uh, well, actually everything in that app is free. Uh, the content you're going to learn. And, um, I love that. I love I love being able to help people out, and I think I think that's that's the big difference in in the the world. There's so much good information out there um, to make you smarter. I know a lot of people. You know, when we get older, we were like, "Yeah, man, these young kids aren't as smart as we are, we were back then." But they are because there's so much good information. Yeah, they might person. be sharper. Yeah, they might be sharper, and you have to find that right information. You need to sort it out. So I think, of course, I'm part of the company. I think we do have some some really uh, some great content there, and uh, I think you're your listeners and, and viewers are going to find it educational and, and, and beneficial.
1: Yeah. I, I think that this is a great, uh, you know, you, like I told you in the beginning of the podcast, I was glad to have you on because I think you are one of the, the sharper, uh, sports betting minds out there. And again, just from the way you approach the way you think about it, this is a great service to the rotowire podcast feed to the, our video stream. We appreciate it. All the links are in the video description below or certainly in the podcast, uh, the, the podcast description as well. Again, this podcast is brought to you by WinBet. Go check them out. We'll be back tomorrow with uh, Mario and John. They'll be in the podcast feed as well. I'm Alan Slowski for John Alicia, Statsational. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.
4: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in.